are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl. Writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. You can make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be previewing the Wildcats matchup with the Auburn Tigers tomorrow. It's going to be a big one for the Auburn Tigers. Curious to see if the Cats of Kentucky are going to be able to kind of continue their run, so to speak, here late in the season. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. If you're watching on YouTube live with us, really appreciate you watching along here uh, on this beautiful Friday afternoon. If you would and you're not, go ahead and subscribe to the show. We're getting closer and closer to the NCAA tournament. I'm not going to lie to you. I've spent yesterday, like a, like a decent chunk of yesterday afternoon and a little bit of today, just watching March Madness highlights, going to be completely transparent. Whenever I've sat down for lunch, I've just spent my time on YouTube watching some highlights, trying to get myself in the right frame of mind as we get to what I think is one of the best times of the year. So Auburn, Kentucky, it's going to be a big one in Rupp Arena. Wildcats returning home after defeating Tennessee here just a couple of, well, actually exactly a week ago. The Auburn Tigers are a team, if you don't know, that I am pretty familiar with. Uh, I, I live in the area, and I quite I, I frequent their practices often. Uh, I'll just say that. I've gotten to see quite a bit uh, of Auburn over the past few years. And Bruce Pearl's squad, I think this year, is in a really interesting spot. After losing Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler last season, they've kind of had to make do with a couple of new additions to the transfer portal, and they've had some freshmen that they brought in through this most recent class not really pop the way that they expected them to, or at least that's the way I have perceived it. They've lost six out of their last nine games. They're on a little bit of a skid. They just played Ole Miss at home, and they only won that game by four. So they're coming into this Kentucky game with a 2-7 and seven quad one record with a little bit of desperation. I think that's the theme I want to paint here for the Auburn Tigers today is a theme of desperation uh, for, for, for Bruce Pearl and his team. They need a resume-building win to kind of help themselves on uh, the seeding line in the NCAA tournament. So whenever you, th you think of this game, you think of Kentucky dominating the Tigers at home for what has felt like forever, right? This Auburn team is interesting because of the way that they individually match up, I think, with the Wildcats at different spots, and I'm going to dive into that as we progress through today's show. But as a whole... If you look at Auburn statistically and what they do, they're a solid defensive team, they're really good defending the perimeter, and they are a terrible offensive team at times. Now, they can get to the rim and they can score, which may pose a problem to, to uh, Kentucky in this game. I'll get to that in a second. But overall, I think this is a good, not great basketball team. With Kentucky playing them at home, I favor them in several spots, obviously momentum and energy being one of those. But as a whole, I have respect for Auburn and what they're doing right now uh, in terms of just trying to battle through uh, this stretch. They lost to Tennessee by three. They lost to Texas A&M by five. 
They've lost to West Virginia by three. They lost to Vanderbilt on essentially what was a buzzer beater. So they've kept things close here as they've kind of skid down the stretch. I'm curious to see what the fight looks like throughout this entire contest this Saturday. Very intrigued to see with Kentucky playing as short of a rotation as they have been, what does this look like against a solid defensive team? Throughout the season, Kentucky has struggled against opponents that play really solid defense, and the Tigers do that. Individually, I want to talk about the offense first, though, for the Auburn Tigers. They have three players that I think we need to concern ourselves with. And thankfully, none of those are Katie Johnson, one of the most annoying players on the planet, uh, if you're a Kentucky fan. The three players that I think we need to concern ourselves with are Wendell Green Jr., their point guard, Janai Broom, their center, and Jalen Williams, their power forward. Outside of those three guys, they don't have offensive scores. They don't have guys that can create their own shot. Alan Flanagan, on occasion, can create his own shot. But he is nowhere near consistent enough, I think, to be a legitimate threat in this matchup, especially when you look at what he's going up against. Chris Livingston, Jacob Toppin, Antonio Reeves, etc. I think that Auburn has three guys outside of that. I'm not quite sure how they are going to find scoring in this one. I don't think they're going to be able to do a whole lot in terms of getting deep in this rotation and and finding ways to create points. Once Auburn gets to their bench and they sub in, they become more of a defensive-minded team than even statistics would indicate. They bring in their backup point guard, Trey Donaldson, and the team at times has the tendency to shut down. It's similar to Kentucky and the fact that they just don't have a rotation that they can rely on, I think, consistently. And so matchup-wise, it's very interesting to me. Wendell Green against... The backcourt of Kentucky as a whole, and I want to bring that. I want to bring that into discussion right now. The backcourt of Kentucky: Casein Wallace, Antonio Reeves, and C. Or excuse me, Casein Wallace and Antonio Reeves. Yeah, it's essentially the two that we're that we're working with right now. I'm not quite sure if if Frederick or Wheeler are going to play. Uh, I actually uh, talked to the talked about to one of you um, actually just a, a, about an hour ago uh, about this, just about how interesting it is that Wheeler and Frederick have been out for so long and you know you wouldn't think that a back strain and and an ankle injury would keep you at keep you out this long I'm not suggesting anything just think it's interesting the fact that Wendell Green Jr. has been able to do what he's done throughout the SEC uh his two years in the SEC at his size I think is very impressive he's listed at five foot eleven if you see him in person there's no way this kid's taller than five nine completely honest with you Kaysen Wallace I think defensively will be able to shut him down I think that he will be able to take care of Wendell Green. But the problem here is, is that the the Tigers do play well in transition. Wendell Green plays well in transition. How does Kentucky manage that in this game? How does Kentucky manage a team that can push the pace despite not having the personnel to do so? Bruce Pearl's system has thrived on that in the past. We've seen it firsthand in some very frustrating games. That's how Auburn likes to operate. They don't have the players to do that this year, but they're still trying to do it on occasion. How does Kaysen Wallace, how does his backcourt handle these Auburn guards in transition? Katie Johnston is coming off the bench for the Tigers this season. What does he do in this game as opposed to what he did last year? To be honest with you, I'm not quite sure if he does anything. Again, Auburn has not been able to rely on their rotation consistently. And in these past couple of games, it's really showed. It's really showed. Kaysen Wallace and Antonio Reeves, I think, win the day over guys like Wendell Green and Zepp Jasper who has also been essentially a non-factor 
I mean, he's a starter, but he hardly touches the ball whenever he's in the game, and he hardly does anything uh, whenever he's he's asked to even hold the ball. Uh, he's he's more of just a, a I don't even want to say a decoy because he's not a legitimate threat. Nobody's paying attention whenever he's on the floor. Um, so I, I think that Kentucky holds the advantage in the backcourt. And to be completely honest with you, you've got two really solid centers in this game. I think that the that Kentucky just holding that advantage is enough. I think that that's it. And I'm not saying that Kentucky's going to blow blow them out. This should be a very close game for reasons we're going to get to in a minute. But I think that's the edge. I think that is where Kentucky holds the edge in this game. A lot of people are going to point to rebounds. That's the second thing I want to get to here. Rebounding for the Auburn Tigers has been very important for them this season. Their top 25 in offensive rebounding percentage. Kentucky right now is currently third in the nation in rebounding percentage. Auburn hasn't been re- rebounding the ball at that well as of late over these past couple of games. What Kentucky does to them and that department will, I think, eventually decide this one. But again, I think it all comes back to what does the guard play look like? Does Kentucky apply pressure on these guards and make them uncomfortable and make them do what they've done all season, which is just simply not shoot well? I think that Auburn does truly have a lot of issues in that department, and they're going to you're going to see them come to fruition in this game and rub. Pause for pause for water. So you're looking at this game, and you're looking at what Auburn does offensively. I'm not really impressed. I'm genuinely not, and I, and I don't know what they're going to do outside of Janai Broom and Jalen Williams to get this team going. Somebody in the chat said, I disagree because after everything you've said, it sounds like this should be a 20-point win, but we haven't got one of those all season. Again, I want to reiterate, there's going to be moments where Auburn does things in transition. They're going to get Jalen Williams and Janai Broom going, but I think this backcourt for Auburn is going to struggle, full stop. I think Wendell Green Jr. is going to struggle against Kaysen Wallace, and that will be the deciding factor. You're going to see Wendell Green not shoot well in this game. I'm very confident of that. Very confident of that. Outside of him, there are other matchups that we can discuss that I think will be interesting. But on the whole, where does Auburn turn to outside of Janai Broom and Jalen Williams? Janai Broom has been solid for them this season. I mean, he's been solid. But he's not much bigger than Oscar Shibway. I don't think he's a better rebounder than Oscar Shibway. I think he may be a better finisher. I think he definitely works well in the post. But I, I don't think that there's a significant a significant advantage there. Jalen Williams against Jacob Toppin should be fun. That's probably the most even matchup or the, the matchup where you give Auburn the edge. Jalen Williams can step outside and shoot the three. He's got that confidence. Jacob Toppin does not. Jalen Williams also has a really, really nice mid-range game. Significantly more consistent than Jacob Toppin's. That may be a matchup where you see top and struggle defensively, as we have uh, in, in weeks past. And I, I want to be—I want to be clear. I don't think this is going to be—I don't think we have—I I don't think this is going to be a blowout. But Auburn matches up poorly, I think, in a lot of different areas. Isaac says, "Don't we have one of the best transition?" No, we don't. We don't. Mississippi State was one of the slowest teams in the country, and they had like what 19 fast break points on the Wildcats. Literally the slowest team in the SEC, and they got out and ran. Arkansas got out and ran. We have one of the worst transition defenses in the, in the country. It's Kentucky, some guy that's going to hit 20-plus shooter, will hit crazy crazy shots. You could see Katie Johnson be that guy again. Also, something somebody else points out in the chat, this is a revenge game. Did you all see the crap that happened last year in Auburn Arena? 
if you've been listening to this podcast, you know it was a very frustrating game. It was a very frustrating game. But I think the fact that Auburn doesn't have Kessler and Smith makes them much more vulnerable to some things that Kentucky is wanted, going to want to do in this game. I want to talk about the defense for the, for the Wildcats. I want to talk about what Auburn may try and do in response to uh, in response to what Kentucky is going to try and attack them with in just a second. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends at FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000, and that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you have to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on everything for the money line, point scores. They've got player props. So many more exclusive bets on top of that. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So, don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. You can make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Continuing along here on the Friday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Daw hanging out here with you. Really appreciate everybody watching live. Appreciate everybody commenting. If you've got any questions, comments, literally just throw them out there. I'll try to get to them as we walk through the show here. If you're watching live and you are not subscribed already, please go ahead and do so. It would mean a lot to the channel. If you're listening on podcast, by the way, you can also, if you have any questions, hit me on Twitter at LockedOnUK. So Auburn's offense, I think, after getting to see, and I, I, I want to stress this, Every single home game that the Tigers have had this season and getting to see a majority of their practices, I am concerned with how they are going to operate their offense as a whole against Kentucky. The Wildcats' defense is currently in the bottom half of the SEC. They're not great defensively. I just don't know if Auburn has enough to really get past the Wildcats. Kentucky, I think, is taller. Kentucky, I think, rebounds better. And Kentucky, I think, has a significant edge in the backcourt. The frontcourt is where we start to talk. Jalen Williams and Jani Broom against Oscar Shibway and Jacob Toppin. I think that's where this game kind of makes it competitive, right? And the one player that we're not talking about is Chris Livingston at the three. On the other side of Alan Flanagan, I think that that Flanagan is too inconsistent to be considered a liable threat in this one. He may score 30. I don't know. But Livingston, I think, will be, for the most part, he'll be able to hold his own to kind of prevent Flanagan from becoming anything significant. Because here's what Kentucky and Auburn have in common, and this is what I want to get to. Kentucky and Auburn have the tendency to rush their offense whenever things not just like completely fall apart, but whenever things get even slightly bad. I don't know what the, the deal is with the coaching for both these teams, but you notice how in games like against UCLA and Gonzaga for, for Kentucky and games like against Missouri, and we saw this several times last year, where if Kentucky got even like an inkling of like, oh, the momentum's about to significantly shift, they would start to rush things at an alarming rate. Auburn does the exact same thing. It cost them games against Alabama. Oh, excuse me. It cost them games against Alabama. It cost them games against Texas A&M. It cost them a game against Tennessee halfway through that game. It's interesting how it's, it's not just a Kentucky thing whenever we complain about things here on the show. There are other teams that struggle with different things like that as well. 
Kentucky's defense, I think, is going to be probably leaning. I think something that, that Kentucky's defense is going to need to do in this game, trying to figure out the right way to phrase it, is to prevent Auburn from getting on the foul line. I think that's where Auburn could truly make this game or win this game, rather, I should say. I think that's where Auburn could potentially win this game. They've had a really bad stretch as of late of letting the opponent draw a ton of fouls while also not being able to draw a ton themselves. They just haven't gotten to the line a ton. But Kentucky, if they can keep Auburn off the free throw line, that would be big um, because Auburn does have a couple of free throw shooters that are playing or that are shooting really well right now uh, from the charity stripe. If you can prevent that, then that would be big. Kentucky's offense in this game is interesting. Uh, because I'm so close to the situation, I have a really hard time like analyzing how I think Kentucky is going to want to attack in this game. I don't have like a specific take. I'm not going to be like, oh, Kentucky really wants to get out and run, or oh, Kentucky really wants to attack the rim, or oh, Kentucky wants to shoot half a million threes. I don't know what they're going to do in this game. I don't know. Defensively, Auburn guards the perimeter really, really well. So the indication is that Kentucky would try and attack that a little bit. If they can't, then they're going to do what I think most people would expect them to do, which is attack with Oscar Shibway and Jacob Toppin. Can Auburn stay in front of a player like Jacob Toppin? That's a question that we need to ask heading into this one. I don't know if they really can consistently. Oscar Shibway, what does he do against Janai Broom? And then Chris Livingston, does he continue to rebound the ball the way that he has? over the past few weeks. I, I'm very curious to see what Kentucky tries to do offensively because Auburn, again, is just is sound. They're just sound statistically on that end of the floor. They don't create a lot of turnovers outside of steals. They don't, like, force you into bad passes. They just take them away. I, I'm very curious, and I know I'm repeating myself. I just I, I don't know where to pinpoint Kentucky in this one. It's just a very weird game for me. What what does Kentucky do atta- attacking this Auburn team? I mean, they've got options. I would argue it's weird. With a, lim- with a significantly more limited rotation, Kentucky has more options on the offensive end of the floor than Auburn does. And again, this is not a bad Auburn team. They're going to come in desperate. They're going to come in playing hard. They're going to do everything they can to win this game. They need this. They need this. It's just whenever you break it down position by position, I, I, I don't know. I just don't, I, I just don't feel good about it for, for Auburn. For, for Kentucky, I, I'm, again, I want to make this very clear. I don't think this is going to be a blowout. I don't think this is going to be a blowout. That does not prevent me from sitting here and looking through everything and just saying, I just don't know how many areas Auburn succeeds in compared to Kentucky. Their transition offense is okay, but it's not great. Their transition defense is okay as well, but it's not great. I, I, I'm not quite sure where to turn. I'm not quite sure where to turn. Kim Palm says Kentucky has a 58% chance of winning this one, but it only has them winning by two. Isix asks in the chat, do you have a final score prediction? Off the top of my head, I, I, I don't think so, but where I think this game will end is somewhere in the mid to high 70s. I think this these two front courts will score against each other um, as this game goes on. That's kind of my thought, is as this game works on, both these front courts will find different ways to get the, get the buckets they need to. I think Kentucky will head to the line a lot more in this game than Auburn will. That's another prediction that I have for this one. 
And then it all comes back to how many how many second chance points does Auburn get in this one? Because if they get a lot, they're staying in this game and they may end up winning it. Maybe even by double digits. It's a, it's a very evenly matched game outside of the, again, I want to reiterate, the backcourt. I just don't have a lot of faith in Wendell Green being consistent. And against a guy like Casey Wallace, who is three or four inches taller, uh, has a longer wingspan, can handle the ball just as well he's, as he can, and is one of the best on-ball defenders, I think, uh, in, in this conference. I just don't know if if Green is going to be able to get it done. And he is he is the not uh, Broom is the motor, but Green is the one that operates it right. He's not a ball hog, but he's the one that that controls the offense. If you shut him down, the rest of the offense is going to suffer. So I would say somewhere in the mid to high seventies, Isix. Um, I, I I don't have a final. I think Kentucky wins by somewhere between six to two. Somewhere between six and two points. I think it's it's going to be a tight one, but I think the Wildcats eventually do pull it out. Before we wrap things up here on the show, and I know that we've been going for quite a long time on this preview, I want to briefly touch on the bracketology that was just released today. Um, Joe Lenardi, ESPN, CBS Sports, uh, Jerry Palm, they both updated their brackets. By the way, I really appreciate the responses from you guys on yesterday's show saying that you would, yes, in fact, be down for a bracket pool. So I'm going to make sure to create that, and then we'll have a live stream where we go together, we go through, and we create our own bracket. Uh, I think that would be a lot of fun as well. But Kentucky right now currently is still on that 8C line. They're currently as an 8C. They'd be playing against Boise State, and then they'd be playing Purdue. Give me Boise State, please. Please give me Boise State. Give me a group of five, excuse me, give me a a mid-major conference, please. I'm begging, give me give me one of those as the nine seed so that Kentucky can maybe have a chance of facing uh, an opponent that they can take down in the second round. I also want to point out that Auburn is currently listed as a 10 seed. So this is like a like a desperate game. Again, I, I think I think we need to really emphasize this is a desperation game. In Jerry Palm's bracketology, Kentucky is also an eight seed and they would be facing off against Iowa. If you've seen the way I was playing right now, you would take this game in a heartbeat because that team has gone cold offensively. I would take that. I would not want to play Houston in the second round, but dang, I'd take Iowa right now on that 8-9 seed line. And if you somehow upset a one seed, I mean, this tournament this year, you look at some of these teams that are, up, uh, that are higher up, I just don't know, man. It, 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 seem, it's, it seems very wide open, and we've seen how these, these tournaments these last few years have gone. Just a ton of upsets, and we know. But, man, I, I think if Kentucky just finds a way to get to the Sweet 16, there's a lot that could happen for the Wildcats. And I'm not saying, oh, Kentucky's going to win the national title or whatever. I'm just saying, like, this field has the ability to go haywire at any given moment. Any given moment. If I had to guess, I'd say 78-68 uh, uh, Kentucky over Auburn. Yeah, I, I don't think that's far-fetched. Z-Rant says depends on what Kentucky team shows up. A USC or South Carolina, Georgia team, or Tennessee A&M team. I'm thinking the most inconsistent team ever. Yeah, for all of Auburn's inconsistencies, I don't think I've harped enough about what Kentucky's been doing this season as far as inconsistent, uh, inconsistent play on both ends of the floor. To be fair, I think they understand their position currently is that they, they need to win some of these games. 
They need to beat Auburn. They need to beat Vanderbilt if they want to continue to hold their spot in the SEC tournament as that third seed, and they want to work their way up the seed line, which I think they do. It's the refuse-to-lose mentality. They've won three straight. You're right, though. That's before the, the Arkansas and the, and the Georgia losses. What team shows up? I, I think this team is, is mentally prepared for this one. Uh, I, I, at least I hope so. Who knows? They could end up losing by 40. MC says, if you talked about Frederick availability for tomorrow, sounds like there's some expectation he's back tomorrow. I talked about how I, like, if I, I listed him as somebody that could be, you know, thankfully coming off the bench to relieve Case and Wallace or Reeves in this one. Not necessarily, I'm, I'm not necessarily like hyped up about Frederick coming in and doing whatever he does. I'm hyped up about the fact that, thank goodness, we have some break in this rotation so that, they, that these kids are not killing themselves physically heading into the most important stretch of the season. This is it. This is it. Uh, so I, I, but again, like I said earlier in the show, um, I, I don't know if he's going to play. I would, I would like to see him play again, just for what they do ro- rotationally. So yeah, that, that's kind of my thoughts on that. Are there any other questions you guys have before, before I head out? Cause um, it, this is a big one. I'm going to have my eyes on it. I believe it's at 4 PM uh, Eastern tomorrow. It's going to be a big one. Very excited about it. So, you know what? I think that's about it for today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. Again, I really appreciate appreciate all you guys watching uh, on the live. If you are not subscribed again to the YouTube channel already, please go ahead and do so. If you're listening on podcast post live, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked on UK as well. You can also follow me on Twitter at Lance underscore. You can also follow the show on Instagram that is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, you can leave them in the YouTube comments. I'll be talking about this uh, throughout the rest of the weekend, uh, this huge game against Auburn coming up tomorrow. Again, thank you guys so much for joining. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and God bless. <laughs>